welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC. This episode is a Pillar and Ground questions episode where we seek to provide biblical perspective for today's pressing questions. And today we are joined by Pastor Chad Middlebrooks, pastor of discipleship here at Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church. Welcome, Chad. Thank you. Good to be here. The main question we're facing today is is a big one. We're going to We're going to address it with lots of other questions and follow-up, but it's really, how do I grow in grace? Uh, There's particular questions about how do you grow in grace here, but we're really stepping back and looking at the bigger question of discipleship and how do I grow in grace. And so I think for a starting point to kind of begin to address that question, I would just ask, you know, how does the Bible say we change as human beings? Yeah, yeah, it is a big question. And a vital question to have a, a good answer to. And uh, I think the Bible, first, to understand how we change, I think just for a moment to understand our need for change. Yeah. Uh, first, realizing that when God created, um, and in Genesis where He gave the cultural mandate to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion, that was what we were to do, that Adam and Eve were to be the gardeners. They were to be to ones entrusted to carry out what God had given them. And so the goal was intimate fellowship, intimate relationship with mm-hmm. his creation uh, and with man uh, to, to man and with man with creation. And yet when man gave in to sin, uh, that was you know what un- began to unravel everything in creation, that relationship with God, relationship with one another, and relationship in relation to creation. And so yeah. thankfully, God didn't give up. Uh, in Genesis 3.15, he gave that um, promise to us that said that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. And so that unfolding, I think, is how we begin to learn and see what God did throughout redemptive mm-hmm. history in order to point to Christ, the Old Testament, kind of the gospel contained, as it said, and then the New Testament, when Christ comes on the scene and thinking, even in Mark 1, uh, where he comes on the scene mm. and he says, uh, he came in Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, It was at that point, it was kind of, okay, this is game on. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm what all of history is all about. Mm. And so when he says, repent and believe the gospel, that is the summons to us as sinners who see that we are defined by sin uh, outside mm-hmm. of Christ, that he mm-hmm. is saying, okay, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the way that you are redeemed is through me. And so Mm -hmm. we have to understand that we have that need for change because we are sinners in the sight of Mm -hmm. a holy God. And so I think when also even talking about when he sees uh, Simon and Andrew and he says, uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, those two words are what it means to kind of come into that discipleship relationship, what it means to be a disciple, follow me, and then to follow the work that I'm calling you to, to make fishers of men. Um, so, yeah, I think that being a disciple is following Christ and being committed to His work. Mm-hmm. And so the way that happens is not by any of our doing. It is only by the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who does all the change. Uh, it's what Paul says in First Thessalonians 5, "...may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely." Mm. So we see that the work of our growing in grace, our changing to become more like Christ, is all the work of the Spirit. Um, and so it's God's work uh, that He mm-hmm. does in us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we um, participate in the sense that, as Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right. Um, and, you know, all analogies break down, but I think of when I 
years ago, my oldest son, when I was teaching him how to swing the golf club, I would stand behind him and he would hold on to the club and I would hold on to him and I would you know, make the swing. Now, was he participating in that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. But was I doing the work? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so again, analogies break down and in a similar way, that's what we're called to do. We're to strive, we're to work out, but it's God who works in us to work out yeah. our salvation. That cooperative work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, I mean, that's, that's a, kind of a starting point. I think there's a lot more to be said uh, in that, but we... Uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, as Paul says. So at that point, when the Spirit draws us and we're regenerate, we're able to believe by faith, which that in and of itself is a gift. And so that begins that work of what we call sanctification, that yeah. we grow in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're able to put the remaining sin to death by the mm-hmm. power of the Spirit at work in us. Uh, so it is that cooperative work that's a mis- mystery in many ways, uh, mm-hmm. but we are to strive and we are to uh, to grit and grind, knowing the Spirit is at work in us to do that work. That's great. So the Bible says we change by first acknowledging we need it, yeah. repent. The Absolutely. Bible says we change by being called, being summoned, follow yeah. me, and we, we change through the work of the Spirit, but we have to engage in this cooperative work with the Spirit for change. Absolutely. Uh, when we're talking about changing, why should we change? Like, what's the motivation for our growth in grace, our discipleship, our change? Yeah. Well, I think you you could look at even Revelation 7-9 when we talk about mm. the saints around the throne of grace, mm-hmm. and they are worshiping, giving praise and honor to the Lamb who's on His throne. And I think that's, in a sense, our vision. Like, that's where we're headed. That's yeah. the goal, is that yeah. we are to have that unhindered, perfect fellowship with our King, King Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, in the new heavens and the new earth. And so, in a sense, working backwards, that's what this life is about. It's preparatory for our glorification, that yeah. He's adopted us, and so therefore, because He's adopted us, we are to look like Him. We're to bear that family resemblance, yeah. uh, as we talk about. And so the vision is to see that when He calls us into a relationship, it's not just to save us. He's calling us to renew us, to remake us from the inside out so that everything changes. Our thoughts, the way that we interact with one another, the way that we parent, the way that we Mm -hmm. look at our vocation, everything about us changes because our ultimate goal is that we will one day be with Him. Mm -hmm. And so now we are striving Mm -hmm. in the preparation for that as the dross, as it were, is being removed and we are being sanctified more and more into His image. Yeah, He's conforming us to the image of God, as Romans 8 says. Yeah which when I think about who I am and who Jesus is and what it looks like to become more and more like him, you said removing the dross, he's chipping away. It's an arduous process uh, to be changed, but we change for the glory of God to look like the sun. Uh, What are some common mistakes that Christians make when it comes to approaching our sanctification, our growth in grace? I think we can go to extremes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, on the one hand, didn't use an example of, you know, I enjoy Georgia football. So if I buy a ticket and go to a Georgia football game, I'm a fan. I'm watching the game being played. I'm a part of it, mm-hmm. but I'm not participating. I'm a consumer in that way. And I think that as we look at our mm-hmm. sanctification, in some ways, we can almost play the part of a fan mm-hmm. uh, that we think, okay, I'm in the arena. You know, I've accepted Jesus, and so I'm just going to kind of sit by idly and not really think that I don't play a part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously not what the Scriptures teach. Um, I think you can go to the other extreme of we think that sanctification is all about externals, 
And so we can make it legalistic. We can boil it down to a list of a mm-hmm. checklist of here's what I do. Mm-hmm. And so it's about me reading my Bible, praying and evangelizing. And all these things are great. And all these things are good things to do. But if we boil mm-hmm. them down to things that we just check off, then what we're doing is making sanctification about us, yeah. not about Christ. Yeah. And so I think, as the scriptures say, the way that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another is by beholding Christ. Mm-hmm. That's how we change, is by beholding Christ and using the means in which he's given to us so that we can change. But I think we can vacillate at times between the two extremes yeah. uh, as opposed to seeing that uh, he wants us to rest in him and trust in the power of his spirit at work, but we are to continue yeah. to work as well. So, yeah, those extremes might be described as sort of utter passivity. Yeah. Just let God zap me and change me if he wants. Otherwise, I'll just be here yeah. um, and watching what God does or utter activity. Just I got to work, work, work to make this happen. Um, I believe it was Jerry Bridges or John Stott, I'm going to go with one of those two guys, that talked about sanctification being like an airplane that has two wings, and one wing is dependence and one wing's diligence. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that that's kind of the bat that that avoids both of the poles of passivity or activity and says you have to have dependent diligence. Yes, um, which means we're we're humble, but we're working hard. Right. You know, yeah. so uh, Dallas Willard said one time that um, Christianity is not against effort. It's against earning. And I think sometimes we think our effort is always earning. That's not true. Right. You know, so. Well, and I think, and too, with that, I think one of the, another mistake we can make is not really understanding or really grasping the reality of our union with Christ. Yes. That that, when we realize we are united to Christ, that brings a whole lot of freedom as to how I pursue sanctification, Mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to earn anything. That's right. Because when the mistake, as we boil it down to legalism, is that we tend to have to hide our our sin or minimize our sin or blame our sin on others or justify why we're better than others because we're making it about us. Whereas if we realize and rest in our union with Christ, then that gives a lot of freedom to work really hard knowing I'm not working for something. I'm working from acceptance. That's good. Into resting and that acceptance has been given to me already in Christ. Yeah, that's really good. Working from something, not for something. Right. Uh, That's really, really helpful. Uh, We talked earlier about... um, Repentance in Mark 1, Jesus announcing the kingdom, says repent and believe. Um, A lot of people know that the first of the 95 theses that Martin Luther put on the door in Wittenberg was repentance is a way of life. Talk about that, repentance as a way of life when it comes to sanctification. What does that mean? How does that look? Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because it is key. Um, I like the... Quote that Tim Keller said, he said, repentance is the way that we make progress in the Christian life. And so in other words, repentance is the best sign to indicate our progressive growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ uh, when we look at, are we repenting? Um, and repentance isn't just this one-time act that we recognize, okay, I'm a sinner, so I need to repent in order to have a relationship with Christ, and then we just kind of let it mm-hmm. go. Um, daily repentance uh, is the rhythm uh, should be the rhythm of our lives because we are going to forget uh, the gospel. We're going to doubt God's goodness and his provision in our lives. We're going to trust in our own wisdom. We're going to trust in our own strength and daily circumstances and situations. So in each of those things, when we see and the spirit convicts us, we're called to repent mm-hmm. and believe again by faith. 
Uh, and so that must be the rhythm. But the problem is, is it's not natural to us. Yeah. Uh, none of us. You can look in, in any home and realize when you see two kids arguing over a toy, it is not normal and natural for us to re- stop and go, I'm sorry. You know what? I shouldn't have taken that from you. I need to repent before you. Yeah. Uh, so it has to be cultivated. That's and, right. and so we have to cultivate that uh, by allowing the Spirit and asking the Spirit to bring that conviction so that we can acknowledge it's okay to me to, for me to admit that. I need to admit that because mm-hmm. I am a sinner, but I'm a sinner that's been forgiven. And so I can actually freely confess that to the Lord, whom first and foremost I've sinned against, but even to those that I sin against and wrong as well. Yeah. Um, and so it has to be cultivated over time, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martin Luther's, uh, going back to um, him, he said, I think the last words that were scratched on a piece of paper, he said, we are beggars. This is true. Yeah. And so that reality that we have to constantly understand that I am at the mercy and grace of Christ. And so that keeps me humble Mm -hmm. and that keeps me repenting, realizing that I'm one who still has indwelling sin. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to constantly have to be allowing the Spirit to mortify that in my flesh and I have to repent of those ways in which I do still sin and and hurt others and harm others. So one of the signs of growth I'm hearing is is not simply... The absence of sin, one of the signs of growth is quickness to repent when you sin. Definitely. And so if I'm finding more and more in my life, I'm quick to repent. That's a sign that he's making me into the image of what he wants me to be for his glory, right? Absolutely. And I think because I think the the other side of that is that we think, you know, we can have, and I know when I was younger in my faith, thought that, okay, as I get older, that means I'm going to be sinning less, yeah, <laughs> And it's actually the reality of I'm going to become more aware of my sins so that I can repent and I can rest and the cross gets so much bigger. It's that old, you know, That's diagram right. of realizing that as I go deeper and I am, you know, I become more less than God becomes greater. And yeah. I still realize more and more of my sin and I can repent of that and die to that. So the greater awareness of our sin, it, 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 we, we become more and more and more aware of our sin the more we grow, which gives more and more opportunity for repentance. Yes. So... Growth equals more repentance, not less. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's a that's counter to what we think about. I think about growth a lot of times. And the Lord gives us plenty of opportunities yeah. to re- <laughs> repent because we're in relationship uh, with other people, within our homes, within our vocations, and and uh, and it's just an it's an opportunity for our flesh and sin to that's still there to come out, and we have opportunity to repent. An opportunity to remember our security in Jesus yes. that allows us to repent. And I love how the confession says that we are to repent of particular sins particularly. particularly yes um how do we go not only particularly repent but go below the behavior to the root of what needs to be repented of you know yeah. it's, it's one thing to say i'm sorry i spoke to you that way but how do we get particular repentance to what's underneath that any guidance on that yeah, I think some of that is really um, availing ourselves uh, for the Spirit and asking the Spirit to really open us up to see those deeper roots that are there. Uh, because we can often operate and manage to a certain degree yeah. those surface level sins. And I'm, I'm sorry, I got angry. Okay, well, that's not enough in the sense of to realize that anger is going to continue to come forth in d- certain situations if I don't really go to the root of that and mm-hmm. ask the Spirit to say, what is really driving that anger and when it's manifesting itself. And so I think it is really asking the Spirit and looking deeper into those places and going, what is behind that 
that is driving these surface level things. Because if I'm only dealing with the surface level things, I'm always going to be continuing to they're going to come out in different ways. I can put one thing to bed, but it's going to rear yep. its ugly head in yep. another place. Um, so, yeah, it it really is asking the spirit to go go deeper mm-hmm. uh, in our hearts and to expose us, which is a scary place often to go in, which is, I think, why a lot of us don't go to those deeper places because mm-hmm. we're scared what we're going to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that um, is what the security of the gospel gives us, that we can go there, yeah. that it may hurt and it may be painful to have that stuff surfaced that we may not know is there. And that maybe even those closest to us do see it and know it's there, uh, but they've not mm-hmm. maybe uh, made it known to us but allowing that process, and that's all part of sanctification that we're talking mm. about, growing in grace, is to allow the gospel to really sink and permeate into those deeper places so that we can see those things, acknowledge those things, mm-hmm. repent of those things, and then have the Spirit change them so that we can grow and not be defined yeah. by them. So there's a there's a difference between sin management, just sort of acknowledging the behavior and, and what we would call in our doctrine mortification Mortifying. yes yes putting to death that which is sinful desires within us sin, the depths of where that come from it's kind of like picking a weed versus going underneath the surface just to yeah. eliminate where that weed comes yes. from which is interesting because it i think that's what we often do we can take the weed eater and we can kind of yeah. cut cut it at the surface and uh, and yet that root's still there and it's yeah. still going to grow right back yeah. um and we've got to get to the root and as much as you cut it back to the depth you'll still find it coming up because as calvin said our hearts are idol making factories mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a it's a process of growth that has to be relentless deep dependent and and so if you think repentance is foreign to growth i hope you're hearing in this episode a welcome. Uh, repentance is the way and the signs of growth. Um, what are some of your favorite, most tr- treasured resources, books on discipleship that people might pick up and, and benefit as you have benefited from them? Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot. And obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've read exhaustively on the subject <laughs> for sure. Uh, but a few of those, uh, Habits of Grace by David Mathis um, is a very practical book, just kind of mm. talking about the means of grace that mm-hmm. God has availed to us and purchased for us that we can utilize for our growth in grace, yeah. uh, not as ends in of themselves, but just as means for greater sanctification, uh, How People Change, yeah. uh, Tim Lane and Paul Tripp. That's a great book, very practical uh, really kind of gets at some of the what we've been talking about, the meat of looking at uh, our sin and mm-hmm. yet even the circumstances which help surround that, that bring that out, and then how we address that, see those things, acknowledge, mm-hmm. repent, and, and, and grow in grace. Uh, you Can Change by Tim Chester, yeah. another book came out eight or ten years ago. It's a good one. Uh, Devoted to, uh, to God by Sinclair Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, yet another one very kind of walks through the scriptures um, mm-hmm. very well, I think, in bringing light and highlighting the idea of how we grow in grace and sanctification. And then even looking at some of the practical means of like praying life with Paul Miller yeah, or um, the possibility of prayer. John Stark is another one mm. uh, that I read just about a year ago that's a really practical book on prayer. And so, yeah, those are just a few that yeah. I think that I've found to be very helpful in my own life. Um, and again, there are many more that are out there, uh, mm-hmm. but those are just a few that I think people could find to be helpful if they haven't um, utilized those resources yet. Yeah, we'll put those uh, books in the show notes. You can find those if you're interested in looking them up and maybe ordering one or seeing if our library even has some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, as we kind of wrap up, how do I grow in grace? Let's think particularly here. We'll probably in some future episodes talk more particularly about discipleship at LMPC. But how do we seek to foster growth in grace at LMPC? Kind of what's our ministry philosophy for discipleship? Yeah. 
it's helpful kind of to use the, the analogy that we use to talk about how we in 2022, we are people that live very, very busy lives. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of opportunity to give our time and our affections to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to be intentional and purposeful and growing in the grace of the gospel, we have to be connecting, mm-hmm. uh, connecting with the body in various ways. And so we like to describe that in uh, three different fires uh, here at LNPC, and that's the bonfire, the campfire, and the candle. And the bonfire, which is obviously the largest fire, is our idea of corporate worship. As we gather on the Lord's Day every Sunday, we come together. We need to sit in front of the Word of God, have it read and preached to us. We need Mm -hmm. to be together with the body of Christ because we are coming from all different places. We're coming in weary, discouraged, Mm -hmm. um, overwhelmed with life. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have the balm of the gospel speaking into us. And so the bonfire is how we connect, how we... Mm -hmm. um, through liturgy, through singing of hymns and confession, that we're doing these things together. The sacraments. We are Mm -hmm. participating um, in what God has called us to as the family of God. And so the bonfire is a very key and vital way that we connect in the rhythm of our week every Sunday. Uh, But we also have the campfire, which is our smaller group ministries, which is the smaller group settings where we can build relationships, where we can go deeper into vulnerability with one another. Mm -hmm. We can invite one another into our lives, live life together, and see how the gospel applies into the various aspects of what we're walking through in various circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so we do this in um, mixed small groups. We do this in men's and women's Bible studies uh, life groups. And mm-hmm. uh, so they're just a smaller setting so that we can actually, in a large church, it helps us to remain connected mm-hmm. as we're doing this in smaller groups to interact over the scriptures and fellowship with one yeah. another. And we we cultivate, we want people cultivating a campfire in their own home. Exactly. The, I mean, that, the, well, that's the primary. I the mean, original, yeah, the original small yes. group that God designed the was family. the family. Yes. So we yes. want people to give resources and, and helps and ways for people to do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and then lastly, the camp. Candle, which is obviously you don't get a ton of warmth from a candle, but it is still no less vital that we are warming ourselves in our devotion to the Lord in mm-hmm. personal time with connecting with Him and how we are opening the Scriptures, how we are mm-hmm. even dialoguing one-on-one with others through what the mm-hmm. Lord is teaching us and how we're learning from others and wisdom is being shared collectively, but we are cultivating that uh, relationship with the Lord, just as we would with any other individual that we're trying to get to know that we have to spend time to commune mm-hmm. with, to fellowship with, to pray and to to read His Word and allow it to be washed mm-hmm. over us so that we change. So those are kind of the three avenues in which we want our people to be involved in some way, shape, or form in those avenues. And we think that as our people do that, that they will remain warm by the fire, um, yeah. and they will be able to continue to walk through this journey in this broken and fallen world, but yet remaining close uh, to the Word of God, uh, to, to the Lord Jesus, and to His people as mm-hmm. we do that together in a community. That's great. So originally, when we started, you mentioned the vision of follow me, uh, Jesus's call, and so we follow Him when our hearts are warm to Him. Yes. So if we keep our hearts warm... We'll follow him until our faith becomes sight. Absolutely. That's our vision of discipleship. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Chad, for uh, sharing with us today your thoughts. And uh, we are so glad you're here as a pastor, your family here at Lookout Prez. And uh, thanks for all you do to help us grow in grace here. Absolutely. It's a privilege. We will um, look forward to having you join us on a future Pillar and Ground podcast. Thanks for joining us today for this questions episode.